Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham. Chapter 8. Toad's Adventures. A toad found himself immured in a dunk, dank and gnomesome dungeon. and knew that all the grim darkness of a medieval fortress lay between him and the outer world of sunshine and well-meddled high roads, where he had lately been so happy. Disporting himself as he had brought up every road in England, he flung himself at full length on the floor and shed bitter tears and abandoned himself to dark despair. This is the end of everything, he said. At least it's the end of Creel Toad. Which is the same thing, a poplar and handsome toad, a rich and hospitable toad. The toads are free and careless and debonair. How can I hope to ever set at large again? He said. Who have been imprisoned so justly for stealing so handsome a motor car in such an arduous manner and for such lurid and imaginative cheek bestowed upon such a number of fat red-faced policemen? Here his sobs choked him. Stupid and all that it was, he said. By now I must languish in this dungeon, for people who have forgotten to say they knew me. have forgotten the very name of Toad, a wise old badger, he said. Oh, clever, intelligent rat, and sensible mole. What sound judgments, what a knowledge of man and matters you possess. Oh, unhappy with a second Toad. With illuminations as such as these, he passed his days and nights for several weeks, refusing his meals, or intimate light refreshments that are through the, the grim and ancient jailer, knowing that Toad's pockets were well lined, frequently pointed out many comforts, indeed luxuries, could be by arrangement you sent in at a price from outside. Now, Jenna had a daughter, a pleasant wrench, and good hearted, resisted her father in lightly lighter duties of his post. He was particularly fond of animals. And besides her canary, whose cage hung on a nail on the massive wall of the keep by day, the great annoyance of prisoners would relish an afternoon dinner nap, was shrouded in an amber case on a parlour table at night. She kept several pie-bold mice and a restless revolving squirrel. This kind-headed girl, pitying the misery of the toad, said to her father one day, Father, I can't bear to see that poor beast so unhappy and getting so thin. Now let me have me have the managing of him. You know how fond of animals I am. I make him eat from my, from my hand and sit up and do all sorts of things. So I replied, you do what you like with him. He's tired of toad, he sulks, his airs, his meanness. So that day she went to her errand of mercy, on a errand of mercy, and knocked at the toad, door of Toad's cell. Now cheer up, Toad, she said, coaxing on entering, and sit up and dry your eyes, and be a sensible animal, and do try to eat a bit of dinner. 
See, I brought you some of mine, hot from the oven. <clears throat> it was bubbles squeak between two plates, its fragrance filled the narrow sail. Penetrating smell of cabbage reached the nose of toad, as he lay prostrate in his misery on the floor. Gave me an idea for a moment. Perhaps life was not such a blank and desperate thing as he imagined. He still wailed and kicked with his legs and refused to be comforted. So the wise girl retired for the time. But of course, a good deal of the smell of hot cabbage remained behind, as it willed him. And Toad, between his sobs, sniffed and reflected, gradually began to think new and inspiring thoughts of shivering poetry, and these still to be done. The bald meadows and cattle browsing in them, raked by sun and wind, a garden, kitchen garden, straight herb boulders and warm snapdragons beset by bees, comforting clink of dishes set down on a table at Toad Hall, the scrape of chair legs on the floor as every one pulled himself close up to his work. The air of narrow sail took a rosy tinge and began to think of his friends and how they would surely be able to do something of lawyers and how they would have enjoyed his case. What an ass he'd been not to get in a few. And lastly, he thought of his own great cleverness and resource, all that he was capable of. If he only gave his great mind to it, the cure was almost complete. When the girl returned to some hours later, she carried a tray with a cup of fragrant tea steaming on it, a plate piled with very hot buttered toast, cut thick, grey brown on both sides, and the butter running through the holes in a giant golden drops like honey from a honeycomb. The smell of butter toast certainly talked to Toad, with no uncertain voice, talked to warm kitchens of breakfasts of bright, frosty mornings of cosy parlour bisbets firesides of winter evenings, and round rambles over, the slippered feet were propped on the fender, purring, contented cats, the twitter of sleepy canaries. Toad sat up once on end, sat up on end once more, dried his eyes, slipped his tea, munched his toast, and soon began talking freely about himself, and the house he lived in, his doings there, and how important he was, of what, a lot, of what a lot of his friends thought of him. The jailer's daughter saw that, that the topic was doing him as much good as the tea, as indeed it was, and encouraged him to go on. Tell me about Toad Hall, she said she. It sounds wonderful, beautiful. Toad Hall, said the Toad proudly, is an eloquent Self-contained gentleman's residence, very unique. Dating in part from the 14th century, but I repent from every of every modern convenience, up to date sanitation, five minutes from church, post office and golf links suitable for Bless the animal, said the girl, laughing. I don't want to take it. Tell me something real about it. But wait first wait till I fetch you some more tea and toast. She tipped tripped away and presently returned with a fresh trayful and toe pitching into toast of everity. His spirits quite restored to their usual level, told her about the boathouse and the fish pond and the old world kitchen garden, about the pigsties and the stables, the pigeon house and the hen house, about the dairy, the wash house, the children in the cupboards, the linen presses. 
you liked that bit especially about the banqueting hall and the fun they had there when the other animals were gathered around the table and told us at his best singing songs telling stories carrying on generally then she wanted to know about his animal friends and was very interested in all he had to tell her about them and how they lived and what they did to pass their time of course she did not say she's fond of animals as pets because he had a sense to see that toad would be extremely offended when she had said good night having filled his water truck shaken up his straw for him toad very much the same supreme self-satisfied animal had been involved sang a little song or two sort he used to sing his dinner type parties curled himself up in the straw an excellent night's rest the presence of dreams they had many interesting talks together after that dreary eyes went on days went on jerda's daughter grew very sorry for toad and thought it a great shame that a poor little animal should be locked up in a prison for what seemed to be a very trivial offence toad of course in his vanity thought that her interest in him proceeded from a growing tenderness he could not help self regretting that a social gulf between them was so wide over for she was a very was a comely lass and evidently admired him very much one morning the girl was very thoughtful and advanced at random uh, did not seem to toad to be paying proper attention to his witty sayings barking comments toad she said presently just listen please i have an aunt who's a washerwoman there there said toad graciously and averfably never mind think not so more, no more more about it i have several aunts who ought to be washable do be quiet a minute toad said the girl you talk too much that's your chief fault i'm f- think, trying to think you hurt my head as i said i have an aunt who's a washerwoman she f- does the washing for all the prisoners in the castle we're trying to keep our paying business of salt in the family you understand he takes out the washing on friday monday morning brings it back in on friday evening this is a thursday yeah this is what occurs to me you're very rich at least you're always telling me so she's very poor a few pounds wouldn't make any difference to you it'd mean a lot to her now i think if you were properly approached where i believe the word you and was used you come to some arrangements of which you let you have her dress a bonnet and so on you could escape from the castle official waterborne very much alike in many respects, particularly about the figure. Were not, said Co Toadarth, I have a very elegant figure for what I am. So has my aunt, replied the girl, for that she is. For what is she is? But have it your own way, you horrid, proud, ungrateful animal. But I'm sorry for you and trying to help you. Yes, yes, that's all right. Thank you very much indeed, Toadarly. But look here. Wouldn't surely have a Mr. Toad of Toad Hall going about the country disguised as a washerwoman? Then you can stop here as Toad, replied the girl, a much spirit. Suppose you don't want to go off in the coach and fall. Honest Toad was always ready to admit himself in the wrong. Of good and kind girl, he said, I am indeed a proud and stupid Toad. You do miss me to your worthy aunt, and if you be so kind, and no doubt that the excellent lady and I will be able to arrange terms satisfactory for both parties. Next evening, the girl ushered her aunt into Toad's cell, bearing his week's washing pinned up in a tail. 
It had lately been prepared beforehand for the interview, the sight of certain gold sovereigns. A toad had thoughtfully placed on the table, in full view, practically completed the manner, and left little further to discuss. Turn for his cash toad, see the cotton print brown, an apron ashore, a rusty black bonnet, the only stipulation the old late lady may be may be as she be begagged and bound dumped down corner. But this was not very convincing avarice, she explained, aided by a pitchquit fiction which she would supply herself. She hoped to retain her situation by a suspicious appearance of the fiends. Toad was lighted with the suggestion. It well enabled him to leave the prison in some style, and with his reputation of being a desperate and dangerous fellow and tarnished, he readily helped the girl as daughter to make her aunt appear much as possible victim of circumstances over which she had no control. Now it's your turn, Toad, said the girl. Take off your coat and waistcoat of yours. You're fat enough as it is. Taking a laughter, she proceeded to hook eye him into the cotton print gown, arranged a shawl for a professional fold, and tied strings of a rusty bonnet under his chin. You're the very image of her, she giggled. I am sure you never looked half so respectful in all your life before. Now, goodbye, Toad, and good luck. Go straight down the way you came up, and if one says anything to you, as they probably will, being but men, you can make can chafe back a bit, of course, but remember, your woman, world, old woman, quite alone in the world with character to lose. A quaking heart, but a firm of footstep, as he could command, Toad set cautiously on. What seemed to be most hair-brained and hideous undertaking, we soon agreeably surprised to find easy everything had made for him. A little humbled at the fault that both his popularity and sex had seemed inspiring, and really, uh, it was really, really others. The washerwoman's squat figure and a familiar cock print seemed a passport for every barred door and grim gateway, even when she hesitated certain the right turning to take. He found himself helped out his difficulty by the warder next gate, anxious to be off his tea, summoning him to come along sharp and not keep him waiting there all night. The chaff and the humorous of the valleys which he suggested, for which, of course, he had a very prompt and effective reply, formed indeed a chief danger for Toad. Was an animal with self strong sense of his own dignity. The chaff was honest mostly. He felt poor and clumsy. Our humour sallies entirely lacking. Heavy kept his temper, though with great difficulty suited his retorts, his company, his supposed character, did his best not to step the limits of good taste. Seen hours before he crossed that last courtyard. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Rejected the pressing invitations. From the last guardsman, guards room, does the outspread arms of last water, pleading with simulated passion, just one farewell embrace. 
At last, he heard a wicket gate and the great outer door click behind him. Felt the fresh air on the outer well, and upon his anxious brow, and knew that he was free, dizzy with every success of his daring exploit. He walked quickly towards the lights of the town, not knowing at least that he should watch it to the next. Only quite certain of one thing, he must move himself as quickly as possible, unable where the lady she was forced to represent was so well known, so popular character. She walked along, considering attention, was caught by some red and green lights, led away off at one side of the town, the sound of puffing and snorting of engines, a banging of shuttle trucks fell onto his ear. Aha, he thought, this was a piece of luck. A railway station is very thin. I want most of the whole world at the moment. What's more, I don't need to go through the town to get it. I shan't have to support this humiliated character of repertories, which, though thoroughly affected, did not assist one's sense of self-respect. He made his way to the station cordially, consulted the turning table, and found a train bound more or less to the direction of his home. The Jew to start in half an hour. More luck, said Toad, his spirits rising rapidly, and went off to the booking office to buy his ticket. Gave the name and station he knew to be nearest the village of which Toad Hall was principal feature. Where can he put his fingers in search of necessary money where his waistcoat pocket should have been? But there, here in a corner of ground which has nobody stood by him so far, which he had basely forgotten, intervened, frustrated his efforts, saw the name he struggled with an strange and cunning thing to see him to hold his hands to get turned. All Musk was striving to water. And laughing all the time, where other travellers forming up in a line waited with impatience, making suggestions of more or less valiant comments of more or less stringency and point. At last, however, he never rightly understood how burst the barriers intended a goal, goal. and ride at where all the roads covered, where attorney situated. And found not only money, but no pocket to hold it, and no waistcoat to hold the pocket. So he's hurrying and collected, he left the boat coat and waistcoat behind him in his cell. And when he's there with them, his pocketbook, money, keys, watch, matches, pence and case, all that makes life worth, worth living, all this discrepancies of many pocket animals, the Lord of creation, and the inferior one pocket, or no pocket productions, a hip or trip. About permissively unequipped for the real contest. In his misery, he made one desperate effort to carry the thing off. He returned to his old manner, bland and square, and cottage done. He said, Look here, I find I left my purse behind. I just give you the ticket, I will, will you? I send for the money tomorrow. I will know you, part the clerk, said him in a rusty black bonnet in a moment. Then he laughed. I should think you were pretty well known in these parts, he said. Have you tried these games on, or on often? Here, stand away from the window. Please, madam, we're obstructing the other passengers. Only the gentleman who had been prodding him in the back for some moments. And there, he had thrust him away. But that, what was worse, he dressed him with a good woman, good woman, whose anger told more than anything. Curled that even baffled and full of despair. He wandered blindly down the platform. Train was standing, and tears trickled down each side of his nose. 
is hard, he thought. Be within sight of safety, almost sort of home. Be bold by the want of the few wretched shillings where pedophobrine mistrusting us of paid officials. Very soon escape would be discovered. Hope would be up. He would be caught, revealed, revealed, loaded with chains, dragged back again to prison, bread and water and straw. His guards and penalties would be doubled. And oh, what psychotic amounts of gold to make. What was to be done? If not swift to foot, figure was unfortunately recognisable. Should he not squeeze under the set of a garage? He was seen his method, not by schoolboys, when the journey money provided by thoughtful parents had been diverted to other and better ends. And he pondered he found some offset engine, which was being oiled, wiped and generally caressed by affectionate driver, burly man with oil can in one hand, a lump of coal and waste in the other. Hello, mother, said the engine driver. Where's the trouble? What's the trouble? You don't look particularly cheerful. Oh, sir, said Toad, crying a fish. I'm a poor and happy washing woman. I've lost all my money. Can't pay for a ticket. I must get home tonight, somehow. And whatever I am to do, I don't know. Oh, dear, oh, dear. That's a bad business indeed, said the engine driver fretfully. Lost your money? Can't get home? Get, got some kids too? Wait for you, I dare say. Any amount of them, Toad. And you'll be hungry. And be hungry. Playing with matches, upsetting lamps. A little innocence. And coring, going on drilling. Oh dear, oh dear. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do, said a good engine driver. You're a washman to turn up to your trade, says you. Very well, that's that's that. I'm an engine driver, as you well may see. There's no denying it's terribly dirty work. Use up my plowers shirts, it does, till me missus is fair tired of washing them. If you wash a few shirts for me when you get home and send them along, I'll give you save you a ride to my in my engine. It's against the company's regulations. They're not so very particular in these out-of-the-way parts. The toad's misery turned into rapture. He eagerly scrambled up into the cab of the engine. Of course, he never washed his shirt in his life. Couldn't be tried in any hour. He wasn't going to begin. He thought, when I get safely home to Toad Hall, I'll bend me with money again, pockets to put it in. I was sending the driver enough to pay for quite a quality washing. I'd be the same thing. Or better, of a hard wave, cheerful flag. Engine driver whistled a cheerful response. The train moved on out of the station. The speed increased, and Toad could see on either side of him real fields and trees, the hedges, cows, and horses. All flying past him as he fought, how very minute. But bringing him nearer to Toad Hall, sympathetic friends and money, clink in his pocket. A soft bed of sleeping, good things to eat, praise and admiration. This side of his adventures, surpassing cleverness. Getting to skip up and down and shout and sing, matches the song. Great astonishment of the engine driver. They've come across Washington before, long intervals, but never one at all, all like this. They had covered many and many a mile. Told what he considering, what he would have for supper as soon as he got home. He noticed the threatened engine driver, a puzzled expression in his face, leaning over the side of the engine was wet, listening hard. He saw him climb on the coals, gaze out over the top of the engine. Train returned and said to Toad, oh, It's very strange. 
Wait, the last train running into this track tonight? Yeah, I could have sworn heard another following us. Toe seized his frivolous antics at once. He became grave and depressed. Dull pain in low part of his spine, coming safe to his legs, made him want to sit down and try desperately not to think of all the possibilities. A time the moon was shining brightly. Engine driver steadying himself in a cold. Could command a view of the line between them for a long distance. Presently he called out, I can see it clearly now. It's an engine on all rails coming along at great pace. Looks as if we've been pursued. Visual toad, crouching on the coal dust, tried hard to think of something to do, but did all want the success. They're gaining on us fast, cried the engine driver. The engine was crowded with a curious lot of people. Men like ancient welders, welders waving halberds, policemen in their helmets, waving truncheons, shabbily dressed men in pot hats, obvious and unmistakable plainclothes detectives, even this distance waving revolvers and walking sticks, all waving and all shouting the same thing. Stop, stop, stop. Then a toad fell on his knees. Among the coals that raised his grass paws, his tribulation cried, Save me! Only, only, save me, dear kind, Mr. Engine Driver. I confess everything that I am not a simple wish woman. I seem to be, I have no children wanted for me, innocent or otherwise. I am Toad, well known and popular Mr. Toad, landed by I have just escaped from my, by my great daring, cleverness from a lonesome dungeon to which my enemies have flung me. If those fellows on the engine capture me, be chains of bread and water and straw. And Missy once more for poor, happy, innocent toad. Interviewer looked down upon him, very stunned. He said, Now, tell the truth, what were you put in prison for? Nothing, my very much, said to poor toad, cutting deeply. I only borrowed a motor car while the owners were at lunch. Had no need of it at that time. Come, it didn't mean to steal it, really. But people, especially magistrates, take such harsh views, thoughtlessness, and high spirited actions. Injured driver looked very grave and said, oh, I fear that you've been indeed a wicked toad. By rights, I ought to give you up to offended justice. But you eventually saw trouble and distress. I will not desert you. I can't hold that cars for one thing. I don't hold it being ordered about by policemen. I am got on my own engine for another. The sight of animal in tears always makes me feel queer and soft-hearted. So cheer up, toad. I'll do my best. We may beat them yet. A piled on more coal, shoving furiously, the furnace roared. The sparks flew, the engine leapt, the sprung, spun out, spun, but still the spears slowly gained. The engine driver said, Versailles wiped his brow, handful caught the waist, and said, oh, I'm afraid it's no good, Toad. You see, they're running light, and they have a better engine. There's one thing left for us to do. There's only one chance. So ten very carefully to what I'm tell you. Short way ahead of us is a long tunnel. On the other side of the turn pass through a thick wood. Now I will put you on at almost the speed I can while we run through the tunnel. But the other fellows will slow down a bit. Naturally fear of an accident. When we're through, I'll shut off the steam, pull on the brakes as hard as I can. The moment it's safe to do so. You must jump an eye in the wood before they get through the tunnel and see you. Yeah, no, I'll go full speed along. They could chase me if they like, for as long as they like, or as far as they like. Never mind, be ready to jump. Well, I tell you, they piled on them all cold and trains shot in the tunnel. 
and the engine rushed and roared and rattled, till at last they shot out the upper end in fresh air, peaceful moonlight, and saw the wine, and saw the wood lying dark and helpful, upon the overs, either side of the line. The drivers that shut up steam, shut off steam, put on brakes, toes got down on the step, the train slowed down to almost a walking pace. Heard the driver call, Now jump! Toe jumped, rolled down a short embankment, picked himself up uh, unhurt, scrambled up into the wood and hid. Pinning out, he saw his train get up at speed, again disappear at a great pace. And out of the tunnel burst the pursuing engine, roaring and whistling, the motley crow waving their various arms and shouting, Stop, stop, stop! When they were past, Toad had a hearty laugh for the first time since he's thrown into prison. But he soon stopped laughing when he came to consider we were now very late and dark and cold. It was unknown wood, no money, no chance of supper, and still far from friends and family. From fan, fans and fan, friends and home, dead silence of everything for after all. A rattled train was something of a shock. He dared not leave the shelter of the trees, so he stuck into the wood. The idea of leaving the railway as far as possible behind him, after his many weeks of in walls, found the woods strange and unfriendly, inclined he thought to make fun of him. Night jars shining like mechanical variety made him think the wood was full of searching marauders, playing on him, and now scribbling noiselessly towards him, brushed his shoulder, with his wing making him jump with a horrid suddenly that it was a hand, and flitted off moth like, laughing its low ho ho ho. We toad thought of very poor taste. Once he met a fox who stopped, looked at him and down in a sarcastic sort of way, said, Hello, water woman, half a pair of socks, a pirate case, short this week. Mind if it don't occur, mind if it don't occur again. And he staggered off, sniggering. Toad looked after about for a stone to frighten him, but could not succeed in front of one, which vexed him more than anything. A last cold, hungry time. Out he sought the shelter of a hollow tree. With the branches of dead leaves, he made himself comfortable bed as he could, slept soundly till the morning. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.